You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a victory Tuesday edition. And I know, I know it's new, but we're, we got we to gotta start modeling it now. But it is a Tuesday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw. I'll be one of your guides today, and I'll be joined by co-guide Connor Drios as we talk to you everything Arizona State football, basketball, and a little bit in between. On today's episode of the podcast, me and Connor got to take a look at a basketball win for the Sun Devils over the Utah Utes that happened earlier yesterday, or earlier afternoon, I should say. And then we're going to continue our series talking about positions on the defensive or uh, uh, football team. This time we're going to the defensive side. We're going to start with the defensive line. We're going to talk about what they did good, what they didn't do good, and a brief outlook for the 2021, 2022 season. So first of all, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. The best part about this podcast is it's free and available on all platforms, which includes, but is not limited to Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Also remember that me and Connor are getting ready to hop onto YouTube very, very soon. So be on the look for that as well. In in uh <laughs> sorry, I'm butchering this. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter as well. You can follow me at Richie Brads36. You can follow Connor at C Drios, and you can follow the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Now, Connor, we were missing you yesterday. Super happy to have you back today. The people want to know, how are you doing? I might have uh, some of the sniffles a little bit. It was a little under the weather yesterday, but uh, a little bit better today. But, Richie, you can't see my imaginary sign I'm holding up, but I, I give you a six and a half. Go ahead and ask me what the six and a half is for. Uh, Connor, what's the six and a half for? The amount of energy you didn't have for a Sun Devils basketball win. We don't get to talk about that too often, and you're blowing an opportunity to be able to hype this game up. A great win against uh, Checks Notes, a now 8-10 and 10 basketball team, Richie. Six and a half. got to have more energy for that. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. How about, how about this? I'm going to step away from the mic because it might be really well. Woo! Is that better? That was so much better. Perfect. So today's episode is brought to you guys by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc. The premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. So, Connor, let me actually kick it over to you. I missed you so much yesterday. And you clearly are the one who wants to drive the boat here for this excitement. We had a really good win yesterday for, you know, for, well, for yes, ASU basketball yes. standards. For ASU basketball standards, we had a really good win against Utah Utes. This is not only the first win that we've had in like a month, but it also is a very crucial Pac-12 victory. And overall, the team looked pretty dang good, putting together a really, a really, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like complete, complete 40-minute game, which is something I talked about yesterday. And especially in the fourth quarter, or fourth quarter, second half, they were really able to explode and finish the game up. Yeah, dude, it, it just, I even tweeted out during the game that the defensive energy, which it's not like we haven't seen ASU play solid defense this year. The energy was almost palpable. Like they were just all over the court. They forced 14 turnovers compared to ASU only giving up eight. Now this was not a perfect game by any means, 
Like seriously, like it, looking at the numbers, if you didn't watch the game against Utah, it was not a very clean game overall. Utah missed a lot of shots. They were at least efficient early on, um, but ASU really just out-hustled them. Seriously, they only won by two, but to me, this came down to just plain effort. Uh, they had 14 offensive rebounds to Utah's 15, which uh, again, like they beat us in that stat. So Connor, why are you calling this out? It's because at least in the last couple games, specifically against Cal, they absolutely got manhandled on the offensive boards. Um, Cal essentially on ASU's side of the court was able to, uh, they were giving themselves so many more opportunities and it felt like they couldn't miss from three point range at times. So to give a team like that, that many opportunities was just absolutely brutal. So for ASU to play much more um, just man-to-man, essentially on Utah's side of the court, was very nice to see. Richie, I'm, I'm going to call him out because we haven't necessarily gotten to do that this year, and I, I, don't wanna, I want to lift him up. We Marion, Jackson, Marion Jackson hit two out of six from deep, uh, hit four out of ten shots. It's not like that's anything incredibly spectacular, but you're just hoping that this is the moment that those threes that he made – this is the time that he just turns it around. Now, we've already talked with uh, our, our good friend, Donnie, during the season, like, is this year already lost? And it, it totally could be at this point. But never say never, right? So for Marion Jackson, if he's going to pick a time to turn it around, ASU, it feels like they're kind of in this free fall without much of an opportunity to turn it around because they haven't even played that many basketball games. But um, there's been times, I feel, where Jackson has looked afraid to shoot. And today was total opposite of that. So overall, solid percentages going a four for 10. Definitely not elite, but could, it's it's been a lot worse this year. And again, hitting two of his shots from deep. Uh, definitely nice to see. Uh, but we also had a, a great game by Kamani Lawrence. That dude, for whatever reason, on the offensive side of the court, seems to always be in the right place at the right time. Uh, I don't know how many. So it says that he had four offensive rebounds. Uh, and I know he scored on a handful of them but he gives ASU several second chances every single game and ends up scoring on some of those opportunities as well. So uh, good game by Kamani Lawrence as well. Uh, DJ Horn uh, was three from six from deep. Uh, a couple of them were just these beautiful arcing shots, man, where you could just tell DJ Horn had so much swag during this game, uh, but he had 13 points, which was good enough for second on the team. Uh, and then Jalen Graham, again, he's going on a bit of a stretch as of late. Even if the team's not winning, Graham's been playing some good basketball over the last three games or so, um, had 12 points. Now, there were some some ugly statistics to this game, right? Richie, at the, the free throw line, they are free throws. And I understand no one's ever going to make 100%. They're just, they're just not. Like, I, I get that. But ASU has consistently had several games where they're just almost giving these points away. Um, and in a close game against Utah, if they would have ended up losing it and you look at the free throw, uh, essentially statistics, seeing three for 12, that was essentially where you lost it, right? You don't lose a game too often on one specific play. But giving away those extra free throw uh, points would have been absolutely horrible and uh, gut-wrenching if you would have lost this game. Overall, shooting okay as a team, shooting 41.5%. The three-point percentage still has a lot to be desired, uh, only shooting about 29 or sorry, 27%. But overall, still a lot of positives from this game. I will say Utah was the kind of opponent that gifted ASU a win. But again, there were so many opportunities ASU forced on the defensive side of the ball that even though Utah is not a very good basketball team, a not so great basketball team in Arizona State essentially drove themselves to this victory and definitely a good win that hopefully they can build upon. So, yeah, I mean, this was definitely far from a perfect performance from the Arizona State Sun Devils basketball team. But at this point in the year, we're not expecting perfect execution. And instead, what we want to see is these guys fight and grind out victories despite any inefficiencies that they have and 
that's exactly what we got on on uh, Monday is <clears throat> the team was able to shoot 42%, which feels like a really good percentage for what we've seen this year. And even 27% for three-point shooting feels like a, a vastly improved number. DJ Horn, once again, had a really rock-solid game. But like you brought up, Kamani Lawrence, he was like the near unstoppable player that we've come accustomed to seeing this year shooting. Oh my goodness. That's almost 60% of his passes on the game, 18 points and five rebounds, really solid game. What I think was effective Connor was Marion Jackson actually coming off the bench in this game and getting uh, Enoch Bache some more playing time and in, in like a starting role. And Bache was fine. He's, he's not going to be like this dynamic scorer for your team, but he did get six boards and that's good. We'll, we'll take that every time, but we we took Marion off the, off the bench for this game, and it felt like he really started to find his own. And it just for for whatever reason, maybe maybe it's less stress to be the starter and like the main scorer for the team that was able to get Marion back into a little bit of a groove. But whatever it was, it worked. And like you pointed out, Jalen Graham also had a really rock solid day. Jay Heath was fine o- overall. You got good performances from the entirety of the team. The frustrating thing, Connor, is those free throws. Shot 25% on your free throws. That That is not going to win you very many basketball games. It just, fortunately for you, you ran into a Utah Utes team that wasn't able to capitalize on a lot of mistakes that the Sun Devils were making. So, and, and you won by two. So, it just, you make more of those free throws and you have a more comfortable win, even if you shoot 50%. I mean, that's that's three more points right there. You win by five. That's that's a more comfortable win than a two point win. But that, that with, with the way that ASU plays these basketball games, that almost feels like you're nitpicking because we really just need to find positives that are present to us instead of trying to poke holes in everything that the Sun Devils basketball team does. So, like you said, we should be very excited about this and we should absolutely lift these guys up because a win is a win, as a famous Papa Bradshaw would say. Hey, that's your dad. Hey, that is my dad. So, so uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no you no. go ahead. No, 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 you. No, it's okay. No, it's fine. Go ahead. Okay, I'll go. Uh, so uh, again, like this is a good win. We, we need to take these opportunities to praise the team when they've done well. That being said, they now have essentially all the way until Saturday to get ready for Stanford. Stanford's been a solid basketball this team this year, or uh, this year, man. Uh, they get them at Stanford, so I believe they're undefeated at home. I think they're seven and zero, if I'm not mistaken. But overall, they're 10 and five and three and two in the conference. I think Stanford had a pretty solid win against either USC or UCLA about a week or so ago. So they're, they're definitely going to have their work cut out for them. If they can beat a Utah who currently sits last in the Pac-12, that's a that's a good for you. Like ASU is struggling. The fact that they beat another struggling team, like it's it's a participation sticker. We're still recognizing you, but until they can actually like hang with the big boys, like I understand your, your almost lack of energy coming into it. Like, yeah, they won. But let's see if they can do it against a quality opponent. So Stanford's going to be a real tough test before they even hit some of the better teams in the Pac-12. I, I really hope they're at least competitive. At least competitive. If you end up losing that game, I get it. Stanford's a more talented basketball team than you are, and ASU just doesn't seem to have this year. They don't seem to have that consistent cohesiveness as a team, especially with a lot of new faces. But at that point, we're, we're what would be halfway through the season. We can't continue to use that as an excuse. Um, so ideally they are at least competitive with Stanford. Um, we'll, we'll kind of see how this goes, man. Uh, who, who did they just play this last weekend? Uh, I, I my mind's blank. Now. Oh, they lost so, to Colorado. 
Yeah, Colorado, they they overcame like two double-digit 10-point deficits, at least 10-point deficits uh, in the first half, and they played very, very close. I think they were down three-headed in the halftime, but, dude, they just totally lost it in the second half. I want to see two complete halves from this basketball team against a quality opponent, and then at least we can build off of it. Like, I we, we said this a lot during the basketball season, or sorry, the football season. There's, like, really there is not moral victories, right? I, I think that's almost just us trying to make us feel good about ourselves, but... When you have a basketball team not playing that well, that's kind of what you have to do. So um, I would take a close game against Stanford if I'm ASU and hopefully trying to build that confidence up a little bit more. There you go. Yeah, you just like like we said, you got to take your wins where you can get them. You got to celebrate them, especially if you're a team that doesn't necessarily win a lot of games. You, you got to take your wins where you can get them. So a win's a win. We'll leave it at that. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. When we return, we're going to talk about some football Focusing on the defensive line, what the Sun Devils did really good in 2021, what they could have done better. And then after that, we'll talk about an outlook for 2022. But first, we got to talk to you guys about our friends over at betonline.ag. Richie, you said it. They're definitely our friends. They would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. A new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use their promo code locked on to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't want to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And as always, thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Connor, this podcast is free and available, and available. Ah, on all platforms. Free and available on all platforms. So let's go ahead, talk some football now, particularly focusing on the defensive side of the football and even more particularly on the defensive line. Connor, this series has been a lot of fun. We've, te- we've taken a lot of like in-depth looks at the different positions on the offensive side of the ball. Now we're going to flip it to the defensive side and we're going to be looking at the defensive line today. Yeah. So the defensive line, it was almost like this, this roller coaster of emotions, man, where they had to deal with injuries. They were playing very well and then they weren't playing very well. Uh, but then they had some like really solid talent kind of come out of the woodworks. It felt like, and really played uh, good for this ASU team that we didn't necessarily expect them to. So I, I think starting off the season with, uh, Jermaine Lole getting injured. That was a serious, serious blow, man. Uh, for a guy that had a ton of potential and a lot of hype, who has the same same kind of hype coming into next year, but suffered a triceps injury and ended up being out for the entire season. Uh, it really felt like a blow overall to this defense. Now, Tyler Johnson, here's where it kind of felt like a mini roller coaster. He got, uh, what was it, the first two games of the year he was ejected for targeting? Or was that just the first one that he almost got kicked out for the second one? I believe it was just the just the first game, and then he was ejected, I think, in game three. I think game two, it was Kyle Sully, if my memory maybe, serves. Maybe that's what it was. Because I remember that being a talking point early on in the season of like, uh, we can't continue to have these targeting penalties. Like, I know they're not on purpose, things of, things of that nature. But um, Tyler Johnson uh, was very solid this year, had four sacks for us. But what really went well? Uh, freshman, right? Freshman B.J. Green led the team with five sacks uh, on the interior part of the uh, defensive line. Not necessarily expected, but a guy that stepped up when we needed him to. Dude's only six foot, 260, but 
BJ Green's going to have to be a mainstay in this defensive line going forward. Now, the defensive line, as I kind of had mentioned in this roller coaster, we're getting towards the fun part, right? Uh, we're we're going to continue our climb here. They played so well through like the first, what was it, Richek? Maybe six, six, seven games to the point where they led the Pac-12 in sacks. They were like the outright leader. Uh, and after missing a guy like Lole, definitely not something we would have expected coming into the season. No, not at all. Connor, you're 100% right. This pass rush was looking beyond legit. Like Tyler Johnson was really hitting his stride and it looked like he was going to compete for some kind of award in the Pac-12. Not not nationally, but... And I mean, he did end up with first-team Pac-12 honors, but at the time, it felt like he was like a slam dunk before he really tailed off at the end of the year. The defensive line outside of him was able to get some good pressure as well. Remember, Trevez Moore, for the very limited amount of games that he played in 2021, looked really, really good and really, really promising. So the pass rush was very lively at the beginning of the season. And then Connor, like you said, it just, it felt like it disappeared and we couldn't figure out what the heck happened to it. It was very frustrating because it it had seemed so good that it just didn't make sense why it was gone. Yeah, they had like, well, it was, so to lead the Pac-12 in sacks, then they had about a four, maybe five game stretch. Uh, I think that fifth game might've been against U of A potentially, where they finally kind of righted the ship, but for a team that played so well and we're getting sacks from multiple places, like it wasn't just one, one specific person. Like, yeah, BJ Green had five sacks, but um, I, I don't necessarily remember when he got his first one, but he came on more so towards the end of the year. So it's not even so much that uh, um, like that he was doing this early on and just didn't do anything. Uh, but yeah, to go essentially a month without a sack, like, Yes, pressure is important. Quarterback hits, hits are important. I do think there's a, a, to a certain degree, sacks can be a little bit of an overrated stat. At the end of the day, if you're causing the opposing quarterback to make bad decisions because you're in his face, that is the most important thing that the defensive line can do, in my opinion. Sacks are just this like this sexy stat that doesn't not matter, but can be a little blown out of proportion. That being said, four straight games at least without a sack, that just didn't make any sense to me. Um, so... They at least kind of ride the ship towards the very end of the season, but uh, definitely some positives and negatives to take away from this, uh, this 2021 season. Now, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there, but um, yeah, definitely, definitely played. I, I would say they played better than expected in 2021. It might actually be even hard to replicate going in next year. Yeah, it's just going to be tough, but at the, in, the, in the same token, Connor, where last year you had the benefit of, Tyler Johnson staying on the defensive side of the ball. Now you have Jermaine Lole coming back and we'll talk about that more in the final segment here, but it is going to be really tough to replicate what you had because that, that defensive line was so stout and it really benefited from having a great linebacking core behind it, which we'll talk about on tomorrow's podcast, but it just, it, it it's so much give and take here because you had a really good amount of talent that is, pretty much moving on but at the same time you have a lot of talent that's coming in next year but considering the losses you had they almost overachieved i think and you had a lot of guys step up too so like bj green and omar norman lot both were absolutely amazing additions to the defensive line this year and they should both have really huge roles in 2022 so it was nice that when the injury started occurring, you were able to see some guys step up and have good years. Anthony Cooper was another guy who was rock, rock solid for the Sun Devils this year. 
overall, I, I'm interested to see what the future holds for this defensive line, though. Yeah, another guy we haven't talked about just yet, and even though he didn't necessarily have the sack numbers, but DJ Davidson was a presence continuously on the in, inside part of the offensive line, or sorry, defensive line, uh, where he was pivotal to being able to stop the run in some games. I know ASU didn't always play the best it looked like against the run, but without DJ Davidson, it, it felt like they would have been a lot worse. So, Rich, you highlighted a lot of the depth, and we'll talk about that here in just a moment, but that depth was so pivotal to how ASU at least played this year. So having other pieces coming back, even though you're losing – uh, a couple of the other uh, better pieces of the starting defensive line. Um, I, I really do think you'll be able to kind of uh, replenish what you've been able to lose. Now, whether you can totally straight up replace the Tyler Johnson, that might be hard to do. But um, as, as we both noted, is essentially exceeded the expectations. Now we'll see if they can repeat it going into next year. 100%. So again, I think that's a pretty good establishment of what we had in 2021, unless there's anything else you have to add. No, I'm, I'm more excited to actually talk about the second part of the podcast, which uh, I, I guess the second half is, is what we can do to improve it going into next year. Yes. And I, I think that there's a lot of really exciting talk that we're going to have there. So we'll go ahead and head into the final break. When we return, we got to talk to you guys about the second half of this pot or not the second half of the podcast, but the second half of this part of the series that we're doing. And that's what we're looking forward to in 2022. But first we got to talk about Bill Parr. Because it's a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or maybe even better. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. And by week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein compared to the candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you take a delicious, when you eat a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many different flavors too, from coconut almond to mint brownie and cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, and so many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com to see what's new often. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Connor, let's go ahead, finish up this podcast with talking about this defensive line and what we're looking forward to in 2022. And I'll kick us off with this. Those young guys that are coming back, I'm so excited for them. The Omar Norman Lots and the BJ Greens of the world are returning for 2022. And we also were getting Jermaine Lole and Trevez Moore back from injury. You still have some guys that are going to be stepping up as well. I think, and I've said this before, I think the defensive line is the deepest position on this on this Arizona State Sun Devils team, I think it's absolutely going to be the biggest point of strength for the football team in 2022. And I think that there is a lot to be excited about when it comes to talking about this defensive line. It just feels like there's name after name after name, at least Sun Devil wise. Obviously, we're not Alabama, but there's a lot of guys on this defense that should make you very excited to see what they're about in 2022. 
Definitely. So as I alluded to just a, a couple minutes ago, like we are losing a couple big pieces of the defense. Like don't, don't get me wrong on the defensive line. You're losing um, a pack 12, uh, essentially like a first team player in Tyler Johnson do was an absolute stud this year. He's been a stud for you throughout his entire career. He'll be missed for sure. Uh, and then you're also losing uh, DJ Davidson, as I had just mentioned, but that being said, BJ green freshman, Omar Norman lot freshman, uh, Anthony Cooper, I believe is a sophomore. Uh, and then you also have, I'm looking over the rest of the defensive line. Ultimately you have a, a ton of youth. And at the same time, like you still have a couple other, um, essentially let's call them like veteran players, right? You have, um, uh, Trevez Moore coming back, which I understand this was his first year with us. Uh, so it's not like he's totally like been here his entire career per se. Uh, but then you also have, um, uh, the player that we lost to injury, uh, Wow, I'm blanking today. Jermaine Lole? Jermaine Lole coming back. Like, I, I think as long as you have some, a couple established established leaders in the locker room, uh, at least at that specific position, this team is totally going to gel in the defensive line. So Lole, he, he's going to have to be one of the captains, right? Like you're, you're losing several players that have been on this, uh, not even on the defensive line, but on the defense for so long, like uh, Darian Butler, Merlin Robertson, either of your starting corners, like, you're definitely losing some veteran leadership to where Lola is going to have to step up. Um, so I'm very excited for the season that he's going to bring um, and where that can actually end up leading him, maybe even to the NFL going forward. So, but even after you, within two years, you're going to lose a Tyler Johnson uh, and a Lola, like you still have other depth that you can develop behind them. So what, what will be more interesting is after you lose Travis Moore, I'm curious if Michael Mattis is going to be the outside uh, presence opposite Travez Moore essentially taking over Tyler Johnson's position. So the edge might be the, I think the most opportunistic position that we can essentially upgrade right now through the transfer portal. I do expect a lot of other players to come through. Um, we, we definitely have had a couple over the last couple of days, but the only defensive line um, commit so far through the transfer portal is Robbie Harrison, uh, who he, he's only a three-star player. So he, he seems a little bit more to be like just a, a rotational player at this point. But interiorly, I think ASU is going to be stacked. It's the outside that has me a little concerned. I don't think we're going to be lacking. It just may, it just may not be a, as easy to replace Tyler Johnson as I'm hoping it will be. Yeah, we're going to have to see, Connor. Losing Tyler Johnson, a four-year player for Arizona State, is going to be absolutely detrimental to see how you rebound from that. The, the one bright side you have, again, is those young players, dude, like, I don't think we can talk enough about the the upside that BJ Green has and how excited I personally am for Omar Norman Lott. Norman Lott was actually a guy I highlighted going into the year on the Locked On Pac-12 podcast with our good friend Cindy Robinson. They're also Monday through Friday free and available on every platform. So be sure to check out what Cindy's got going on there for all your best Pac-12 news. But Norman, Norman Lott was a guy that I had highlighted with her and I said, this dude is getting a lot of training camp hype, and I think that he could end up being a really important piece to the puzzle, and he ended up being exactly that. He was one of our most our most uh, consistent rotational pieces that the defensive line produced, and I thought that he fit in very well when he was on the field. I am looking forward to seeing what he's able to give us in a full-time role in 2022, if not just like he, he is going to have a very important role to this defense uh, defensive line because there there are like five names here that we're going to be focusing on between Lot Moore Lole Green and uh, or Norman Lot, but you also have the potential for another 
another transfer guy to come through. Connor, we talk about him every single time. We talk about uh, commits and and every, everything like that. I'm I'm still waiting to see what Cyrus Moss decides to do. And at this point, it's going to be one of those things where if he doesn't pick us, I'm going to like hate him a little bit inside because Richie, he just you know, gives us hope. You know what? I actually think I don't think we talked about this. We were just talking about him before the podcast. I actually believe he committed to Miami. No joke. Of all the schools we talked about Miami being the last, I'm very positive he committed to Miami. I think we actually don't have to hold out hope for him coming to ASU anymore. Well, I don't know. Like you, you just said his name, and I think that clicked. I'm very, I'm pretty positive he already committed. Well, I'm going to double check because I don't believe you at all. You know- check on that while I, I take this back over. So I, you, for, for people listening, Rich and I were talking about him before. Like, when's he going to announce his commitment? I'm like, I don't know. He said he was going to already. Oh, uh, yeah, Miami. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I totally forgot about that. But, Richie, let me... Man, let way me, to make me look stupid on my own podcast. Well, let, let me at least ask you this, because I think this was very debatable um, because of the, the core that we had at each level of the defense over the last year or so. Um, specifically, let's talk about 2021. We had essentially like studs at, at each level of the, the defense, right? Whether you're talking about the secondary, the linebackers, defensive line, whatever that might be. With all the players leaving... Do we expect the defensive line to be the best unit on the defense going forward in 2022? I personally do. I think that this is going to be the the biggest point of strength for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Just there's so much there's so much veteran talent here, and there's a lot of proven additions that are returning from injury, and there's a lot of youthful depth as well. So I would like 100% tell you this is our biggest strength here. I, I we'll, we'll definitely talk about the defense in a little bit uh, more depth later on. I, I think Eric Gentry being a focal point of the linebacking unit, as well as uh, uh, Connor Sully moving forward, they might have a shot. But I, the, I essentially toss that question up to you. Is I agree. I, I think uh, as long as Jermaine Lole comes back and he's the guy that we think he can be, this is going to be the most exciting part of the defense. And at the same time, like who doesn't love like sacking the quarterback? Right. Um, that is such an exciting part of the game that. I'm very much looking forward to ASU's defense um, being that kind of a, a sack artist kind of team that even if they they don't, if they're not like the number one team overall in the Pac-12, that's fine. You, you've got some really quality other uh, players in this conference, but uh, I do expect this team to still be competing for that top spot as one of the most um, just pass dominant teams uh, because of their defensive line. So uh, whether it's because of some of their young players or it's even some of the returning guys uh, like Alole or Trevez Moore, um, I am very excited for how this group can play overall as a whole, uh, as well as some of them getting a little bit more time in the system for guys like BJ Green uh, and Norman Lott, this, this being their first season, maybe they can get even better. And it's not even always about the numbers, right? Like if BJ Green doesn't hit five sacks on the interior part of the offensive line again, that's okay. That's tough to do. That honestly is really tough to do. Uh, but I just, I, I really want to go back to what I was echoing just a little bit ago. If this team can consistently provide a pass rush that uh, essentially is trying to get after the quarterback uh, almost more often than not, maybe playing a little bit better against some of the mobile quarterbacks that we did early on uh, in this season, this is going to make every part of your defense better, right? Like there's there's philosophies out there that do you want a really good defensive line or a really good secondary, right? Either, either way, you're complementing the other side of the defense, but I, Richie, I think you and I are of the belief that if you build up your trenches on both sides of the ball, that's how you're going to win football games. So for ASU, if they can come out and be dominant along the defensive line, I think that's going to give guys like Eric Gentry and other players in the secondary uh, time to essentially shine and be the best players they can be. 
And that's definitely the final reason I wanted to highlight this defensive line being the biggest point of strength for us, Connor, is because they're going to make the lives so much easier for everything else that we want to do defensively. So the the linebackers are going to have more time to do what they want to try and do. And your, your defensive backs who are definitely going to be challenged because of the, the amount of talent that is leaving that portion of the defense, they're definitely going to benefit from having a pass rush in front of them. That's going to wreak havoc in the backfield and force quarterbacks into bad decision-making. So there's a lot of moving parts going into this that make the defensive line the biggest strength for the team, in my opinion. And I'm very, very excited to see them continue to move forward and become a stronger and stronger unit. But that is going to go ahead and close out this Tuesday edition, this victory Tuesday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Again, we want to thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. We absolutely love talking to you guys about everything. Arizona State Sun Devils, football, basketball, and a little bit otherwise. We're available Monday through Friday on all platforms for free, whether that's Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. Me and Connor are there giving you the best Arizona State Sun Devils content in the whole world. You can make sure to follow us on Twitter as well. Myself, at RichieBrads36. You can follow Connor, at Cedrios. And you can follow the page as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. We're always on there. We're always talking sports. Come hit us up. We would love to have a conversation with you guys. So that's going to wrap up Tuesday. When we return tomorrow, we're going to go ahead and talk about the, excuse me, the linebacking core for the defensive side of the football. And we'll talk a little bit more basketball as well. So go ahead and make your second listen now, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, Locked on Bets. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, just like the Locked on Sun Devils, it's free and available on all platforms. And until next time, you keep it locked right here. I'm Locked on Sun Devils.